Good morning, Lake Gibson. Good morning. Glad to see you all here this morning, ready to worship our God. Amen. Amen. Well, we have a few announcements to get things started. Uh, the first one I'd like to say is we're changing up the order of things just a little bit. So if you have prayer requests, especially for those of you watching us from home, please go ahead and send those in now so that we have time to get those typed up and uh, ready to share. We also uh, want to welcome you both in person and online. And if you want to watch this later on, it will be recorded. You can go to the website and watch that. Um, what is our website? Y'all remember? It's LakeGibsonUMC.com. So you can go there for anything, but especially if you want to watch this service later. Uh, if you're new to our service, we do have connection cards on that website. And we would ask that you go there and fill those out so that we can get to know you a little bit better. And if you're kind enough to do that, there are some charities that are listed there. If you would like to select one, we will donate $10 in your name to the charity that you select. So please go to our website and uh, fill those connection cards out. If you need to send an email just to let us know something that's going on in your life or something that you want us to share with the church as a whole, you can uh, send that email to office at lakegibsonumc.com. If you have something private or personal that you want to share with the pastor directly, go to pastor at lakegibsonumc.com, and Pastor Steve will get that email. Or, like I say, you can go old school and actually use the telephone, 863-858-5431. Christy will take your call, and uh, we'll make sure that we either give you the information you're looking for or you give us the information you want to share. We have some upcoming events, information, and other things that are on that website. So again, LakeGibsonUMC.com, as well as on our Facebook page. So go to either of those two places. Zooming the Peace, which is hosted by Dwight and Phyllis Kitchens, is on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And then uh, Miss Sue's Sunday School class is available through a Zoom link at 9.15, so uh, all those Zoom links you'll find on our website. Also, Pastor Steve's Bible study, which will be resuming this Thursday, and that is at 1 o'clock on Thursday. So any of those Zoom links will work. And if you are able to come in person, we have a couple of Sunday school classes at 9.15 that you can attend in person. Miss Sue has her class, and uh, John Bernat and I have a class in the main part of the FLC. Don't forget, mark on your calendar, November 7th is our charge conference. And that's where we kind of review what the church here at Lake Gibson has done over the past year. We are going to uh, announce the leaders that have uh, agreed to serve God in some way on the church committees and other parts of leadership. And that's going to be at 2 o'clock on November 7th. And if you're not able to attend in person then you can join us. There'll be a Zoom link for that as well. Uh, the United Methodist Children's Home is having a fun drive that I told you about before where they're asking for Christmas gift cards. And they're going to use that. They'd like them in $10 denominations, any amount that you would like to give. But they're going to use that to do special things for the kids in this coming Christmas season. Take them out to dinner, buy them some clothes or shoes or some special gifts that they've been asking for. So if you want to participate in that, just uh, put a gift card, or if you want to put money in an envelope and just mark it children's home, you can put that in the offering plate. 
or you could bring it by the church office during the week. Um, the Guardians at Lightum is accepting donations for Christmas gifts as well. A uh, list of these items uh, that are needed and a donation box is located in the narthex of the sanctuary. So as you're leaving today, if you want to take a look for that, but that's Guardians at Lightum. And again this year, they're doing the uh, wreaths across America. And if you want to be part of that, the wreaths are $15 a piece. So if you would like to buy one or two or 10, however many that you would like to do, please mark that. If you want to put that in your offering plate, uh, that that's what you intend that gift to be used for. And um, also something new for those of you that might have a little trouble hearing the, uh, the services that we do. We've got some uh, remote pocket hearing devices that uh, Bob's holding up in the back. If you need one or would like to use one, just go to the sound booth back there and they'll give it to you. They're wiped down and cleaned between each use, so no concerns there. And they'll be getting some more uh, in the coming time, but I think we have two available now. So if anybody needs one, just go back there and let Bob know. Last Sunday, to um, let Pastor Steve know how much we appreciate all that he does and the support that Penny gives him in his ministry here. So October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, there's a basket right in front of the baptismal back there. If you want to leave a gift, or a card or something, just letting Pastor Steve and Penny know how much we appreciate what they do uh, serving God and serving this church. Please do that. I'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to property in Tennessee. I've heard that he's willing to accept that. And, you know, he might even enjoy going and playing around to golf with somebody. So, you know, feel free to let him know how much you appreciate their efforts. And I think we have another announcement about Paget. Right? I didn't see it up there, but it what? Oh, okay. Well, just to let you all know that we do take the ministries beyond the walls of this church. Um, the preschool was having a fundraising event where they were selling donuts. So the church bought some donuts to support the preschool, but then they delivered those donuts to Paget Elementary as well as Wendell Watson to let the teachers know that we appreciate what they're doing in our community and teaching the young children. So the pageant actually sent us a, a card or a response that said, please pray for our school, Paget Elementary, and thank you for all the ways that you are supporting and uplifting us in many different ways. The donuts were such a great treat today. So thank you for being a blessing to our school. That was from Paget. And just to let you know, the, our Sunday school class recently received a need from Paget. Um, for things that weren't covered in their general budget. And I think we ended up buying them a vacuum cleaner, um, some hula hoops and balls for them to use to play games with and some different items. So uh, we took some money that we raised in our Sunday school class and then delivered that personally and they really appreciated that. So I think it's important for the schools in our community to know that as a church, we're praying for them and we wanna support them. So yeah, give y'all a round of applause. So I think that's it for the announcements. Remember, send your prayer requests in early so Christy has time to get them up. And I will turn it over to our choir. So while we're having a set change behind us, do we have any prayer requests from the congregation this morning? How about praises? 
We can give God the glory. I just want to praise the Lord for safe travel to Florida. I am now a Floridian, and my furniture and what arrived yesterday, so I am officially down here. Any other prayer requests or praises? Any native Floridians that are here? Born and raised? Okay, so no matter how long you're here, you won't be considered a native Floridian, but, but we are glad to have you. We have uh, Sarah Sheeman is requesting prayers for her grandson, Marshall, and his family. Uh, Glenda is asking uh, for prayers for Amanda Ogden. She had a stroke and is in the hospital in Indiana. Dick Shepard, prayers for my shoulder. He's having surgery on Friday, October 29th. And Joanne Beebe, prayer request. Her daughter, Marilee Conroy, is, uh, has laryngitis. Her daughter, Cheryl Skiner, carpal tunnel. Granddaughter, Carrie Carr, bad problem with her neck and can't get in the, uh, to see the nerve doctor until November 30th. And this is an ongoing problem. So prayers for Joanne Beebe's family. And I guess that's it. Uh, prayer requests that I'm sure my wife, Rosita, would, would want you to be praying for her sister, Marty. I know that you've heard through, throughout the years that Marty's had different struggles with cancer. Uh, that's all good, but she's having a reaction to the cure, uh, which has caused a graft-versus-host disease for anybody that might be familiar with it. So it's causing her to have a lot of sores and discomfort, so she's getting treated for that. So prayers for Rosita's sister, Marty. If there are no others, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you've heard the needs that have been lifted up. And Lord, we know that you are aware of those needs which are unspoken. Those tribulations, those sometimes overwhelming situations in our lives that we tend to try to resolve ourselves until we realize that we need to turn them over to you. That you are the great healer, you are God, and that all things are possible through you. So Lord, we lift these prayers up as well as the praises in your son's precious name. Amen. Now, Pastor Rob. Good morning. Good morning to all the folks, too, that are out there on the Internet <clears throat> this morning. Um, that's so different to get used to. It used to be that sometimes we were on the radio. Um, I've never been on the television, but uh, this is... Uh, uh, akin to you can't only speak to those that are in here, um, but we want to, uh, to welcome all you good folks that are out there. Uh, since we do things so differently during the COVID time and they've been subject to change, like I asked for the prayer concerns ahead of time this morning uh, so that we close out with sermon and, and closing hymn, I'm always concerned about time and if I've got it figured right, you're going to be about like the faculty at Florida Southern when I was chaplain. We would have big faculty meetings, and as I would be called to the front as the chaplain to deliver the prayer, 
Uh, we had a, one of the professors there, his first name was Fran, and Fran was always on my case. And so I would pass by, he would say, kiss. And I got to wondering what that meant. And he said, keep it short, stupid. <laughs> and so after a while, that's all he had to do, and I just grinned. <laughs> The more he told me that, the longer I prayed. So. Uh, it's, it's good to be with you and uh, uh, have the opportunity uh, to share in, in Steve's absence here. Uh, uh, and, and if you're going to buy him a piece of property, see if there's two sections next to each other, and I'll be glad to go with him. Uh, I grew up here in, in Lakeland. Uh, no, I'm not a native either. My parents were living in Indiana, and after a few of those hip-depth hip snows and freezing cold weather, they decided that Florida would be a pretty good place to move, and they moved when I was just three years old. And so I grew up on the west side of Lakeland and uh, attended my schooling all the way through college uh, here in Lakeland before I went off to seminary in Ohio. Uh, Winston Elementary uh, was my uh, school, and uh, to give you the idea, Winston, three years before I started going there, was still a strawberry school. And you say, well, what's a strawberry school? Strawberry school was a school that closed in the winter months so the children could go and help pick strawberries, and it went all summer long. I thank God every day that that changed because we had no air conditioning. And air, no air conditioning uh, in the summertime and have to go to school and then turn right around and work in the wintertime, uh, I was born at the right time. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful school. It was in the country at that time. It had a dirt road that led to it. You know, there's very few of those around anymore in Lakeland. Um, Along that dirt road, there grew wild flocks in the spring. You know what the flocks are, all those pretty different colored flowers. And there was cattle. There was an orange grove right up to the back door of the school and the orange blossoms in the springtime. And I tell you all of this to kind of set the stage. Uh, in fifth grade, I was in the patrols, you know, safety patrols, and my, my duty was usually uh, one of putting up and taking down the flag every day. And so I always was watching, make sure it wasn't tangled or stuff like that. As we sat in the front of the school and the windows were up, uh, I can remember in the sixth grade sitting there listening to the pylon driving over on the overpass that was crossing this new road they were going to call Interstate 4. And all day long it was boom, boom, boom. Now... If that cadence, you could almost set songs to it at times, you know, the song, what was the old song? How about the man working on the chain gang, you know? And you could hear that thing going at that beat. And I could look outside and I'd see the flowers and I'd smell the orange blossoms and I'd watch the flag and I'd see the calves with their mothers walking around in the pasture across the road behind the Stalby house. And uh, all of those things would keep my attention. Uh, it didn't take a whole lot to do that, uh, to get it out of school, but uh, 
I had something of a difficult time. I've often thought that you should have painted those windows so you couldn't see out and you've been a lot better off. A lot of the girls, they get in trouble for talking and passing notes. I get in trouble because I wasn't paying attention. I was looking somewhere else. Um, all kinds of things, as I said. Flowers blowing, cars passing, friends passing by the doorway of the classroom. All those, all those distractions could send me into long moments of daydreaming and fantasy. Anybody here ever had that problem? I still had it when the administrative council met. You know, I, I, could, I could just divorce myself from what was going on and just be as happy as a lark thinking about something else. I think about going hunting or going fishing and, you know, and just not pay any attention to all the hoorah that was going on. Uh, sometimes that works against you. It was easy to get distracted. It was so easy to forget about what was really important. Usually that was the assignment sitting right in front of me that I was not paying attention to. Well, I've watched with amazement. We hunt as a family. We've hunt birds and we've hunt wild hogs and we don't really run dogs for deer, but we did teach the dogs to, to run the, uh, uh, for hogs. And I did have a beagle once and we, he almost learned how to go after rabbits. Uh, I love the dogs and watching them work. It, it's like watching a, a well-tuned athlete do what he is so well-equipped to do. It's amazing. Uh, still to this day, uh, going bird hunting is more to watch the dogs than it is to do anything else. They are so amazing. And I've watched them be trained. And you train these dogs for a particular kind of animal. And sometimes it gets very frustrating. Uh, it's difficult to get them to understand that although rabbit trails are really neat, and they're wonderfully interesting, and rabbits are such a temptation, but it's not rabbits that we're looking for. What we're looking for is a big, ugly, mean, old, wild hog that's tearing up the countryside and ripping up the sod fields and all those kinds of things and doing damage to crops. And so we want that dog to go. My son had a dog named Sadie. And she was uh, still a puppy, you know, between one and two years old. And he was getting so frustrated with her. But by the time that she was really, really old and finally had to be put to sleep, that dog got to where she knew what my son was thinking. They became like this. And I told him at the very beginning, I said, in time, she's going to really understand what you want. And she did. Uh, she was uh, the best dog that he had, and she was right there right by him because that can be a dangerous kind of hunt, and she would bail off and go for the hog and you know, try to catch it. Uh, one time she had a hog in a ditch, and it was getting the best of her, and I watched my son bail off the Jeep onto the wild hog. I said, are you crazy? He said, he had my dog. That's how much they were in tune with each other. Well, if you don't train them right, they'll end up running rabbits. <laughs> and if you know what rabbits do, anybody here ever hunt rabbits? 
anybody. I see somebody shaking their head, but she's a female and she's not going to hold her hand up. What does a rabbit do? And where do they run? If they can find it. What do they do if they don't find the hole? They run in a circle. And they lay down their scent in a circle. And soon they can break away from that circle and that crazy dog, what's he going to do? He just keeps running in circles. Running in circles. And that's how you hunt rabbits. You find out on the circle where he is. <laughs> well, they can end up, you know, running in, 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 in circles. I guess you could say, though, that rabbit trails... <clears throat> have uh, often been a weakness of mine. Uh, maybe you can understand. Life comes at you from all different directions all of the time. And never in my life have I seen it coming from so many directions as it has this last, oh, I don't know, four or five years. It's just been constant bombardment, the world bombarding us. So learning how to sort out the important from the unimportant becomes a very, very needed skill. How to sort out the meaningful from the trivial and what is real from what is fantasy. And it can be very, very difficult to do sometimes because you just simply get overwhelmed. And you know, for us, sometimes for us people, it's, it's amazing how, <laughs> how much like a deer or a wild hog that a rabbit can look. You say, well, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. Think again, how often in our daily living that we major on minor things. And we forget the truly important things. Maybe it's because of something that someone said. Some, something, you know, because of a moment so small, so transient, that things get blown out of proportion. And we're off on a rabbit trail. Our minds are taken aside. I give you, for example, as a, as a pastor and, and preacher... I used to greet the congregation as they exited worship. On occasion, I was fortunate enough, people would come out. You know, people are always nice. And you can generally tell when they're just kind of being nice. And you can tell when something has really touched them in a positive and good way. And they say, preacher, thank you so much. That really helped today. And I got a lot of those things, you know. But occasionally, <laughs> a brother or sister would come out and take my hand and said, Preacher, I don't know what the heck you were talking about. Or, I totally disagree with you. I think you're all wet. Now, I would have to say in my ministry and on any given Sunday, you know, most all, 98% of everything was very positive. Uh, in, in most cases, it's because the church knew what they had and didn't want to change pastors. You know, uh, afraid that what they might get could be worse. And so people were nice. 
But that one person would come by, they'd say that, shake their hand, and I'd go home and I'd eat lunch, and I'd crash in my recliner, and you know what I thought about? That one comment. Because only child, adopted only child, only child, what's the greatest need of an only child? Always to feel loved. Always to keep peace in the family if there was any lack of it, you know. So you're wanting peace and love and all this good stuff. It doesn't take much but a harsh word or a, a negative word. And guess what? That kid's going to really feel it. That's why when your first one comes along, all you have to do is speak sternly. And that first one just crushed. But along comes that second one. He could care less. You could talk to him till you're blue in the face and you could probably tear him up on his backside and that's okay too. It seems like between that first one and that second one, there's a lot of difference that takes place. Well, for me, you know, I like to be liked. I'd like to know that I was saying things that were really helpful. The last thing I wanted to hear is that I said something that was really not helpful at all to somebody. Or like one sister said to me one day, she'd come out, she says, you intentionally targeted me in that sermon. <laughs> I said, well, I'm glad to know I had company because I was feeling pinched on my toes too. But you get that. And what does it do? It sends you off into all kinds of, oh, I don't know, rabbit trails. I'd start to have doubts. I'd start to worry. I'd get anxious. I'd, my confidence would be shaken. You'd think, well, that's crazy, preacher. No, I'm just telling you the way it is. And even on occasions, I would go to God and say, what did you have in mind when you called me? Because certainly I don't seem to be able to do what it is you're expecting of me. And that is a dark place to be when you're a pastor. I want to tell you about rabbit trails. They consume valuable time and energy. And we all run on them every day. They lead you off the main trail into endless circles that rob your life of its energy and its direction. And in such times, I have found that I needed a training collar. Now, if you've done work with dogs, you know what I mean. It's a collar that you put around. It has a battery on it and a little remote. My wife once told my son, she, he put it on the lowest number and she was holding it. And he said, feel that? She says, I don't feel anything. <laughs> it went to five on the next one. And when he hit her, I think the, the younger one turned it up and then, but it got hit. And then the older one got mad because it put mama almost on the floor. It shocked her so bad. Well, these training collars are very helpful. You don't have to have just after a while, all you got to do is put it on buzz. 
And the dog hears the buzz and thinks, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I better stop and I better listen. Well, there's times in my life when I've been running on those rabbit trails and I thought to myself, you know, I I need that shot collar. So that I would stop, that's what the dog does, turn around, look to see where the master is and see what he's saying. Because he'll give him hand directions, he'll tell him to come back, he'll tell him to go right, tell him to go left. And the dog responds. Because the dog has learned when he hears the buzz, feels that blue shock, to stop what he's doing, turn around and look to his master. Thought that might be a good thing for me. I could look to my master and he would direct me back to the main trail. When I was pastoring at First Church in Alachua, there was a stained glass window at the end of the office. <clears throat> and one day I was looking at that and I realized it had been there for a while. And I looked at that and it said, the old, United Meth- uh, the old Methodist youth group had a motto. Do any of you remember what that motto was? Anybody? Christ above all. Christ above all. And I'd been having a pretty rough time about some issues. And and I looked at that and all of a sudden I thought, oh, that's what he's trying to tell me. Get my priorities straight. It became a reminder for me not to get lost on rabbit trails, like always wanting my own way, or becoming angry with someone that uh, uh, was creating havoc in the church, or frustration because leaders didn't uh, do what I thought was really the correct thing to do, always frustrated me. They call you in and they say you're our leader and then they don't want to listen to you. (laughs) That's kind of, I I don't know, that just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, um, and then sometimes just not feeling appreciated. And you have those days, believe me. I could go on and on and on. And that's just the point. I could go on and on and on. But you see, only one trail really matters. And just like for the puppies, it's always been difficult for me to learn, and maybe for you too, is to stay on the main trail, not be distracted. Jesus made a really good point in his parable about what a person must do to follow him. He said, the person that keeps looking backward all the time can't plow a straight furrow. (laughs) That's, That's true. If you're always worrying about the past or we're consumed about secondary things, we're not able to do what matters the most. We constantly go off on tangents that rob our lives and our relationships of the blessings and the abundance that staying on the trail with Jesus can bring us. It's so beautiful to watch those dogs that are single-minded. They have one purpose, and that's to please their master. It's a beautiful thing. They know what they're to do, 
And they do it with energy and they do it with pride. And they aren't distracted. I wonder how it would look if disciples and even congregations were of such a mind and action. How many of you saw that movie, City Slickers? I hear giggles. Raise your hand. I'm asking for, I'm asking for responses. Okay, there's a number of you. Uh, it's one of those movies that came out in the 90s. It's, it's, a, it's a good story. The main character in City Slickers is one of these, uh, uh, I guess you'd call him a yuppie back in those days, a young, upward, mobile, you know, person. Um, but he was having his midlife crisis. Now, I know we've had some of those. He did all kinds of things to try to hold on to his youth. He didn't want to lose his youth. And he wanted to be able to keep that, that meaning in his life. These for him were rabbit trails, okay? Always looking for the newest thing, the newest thing. So on one such rabbit trail, he decided that he was going to go and work on a dude ranch out west where he would search after the adventure of being a cowboy. But one of the hands, one of the real cowboys, he wasn't impressed. His name was Curly. Now you got to picture this. On the one hand, you've got these characters, and they were well-played characters. Billy Crystal plays the young man with the life crisis. Jack Plants, if you know your, your, your old actors. Rugged, chiseled-looking, weathered-down cowboy. Rough, gruff-spoken. Wasted no words. The real cowboy, he was not impressed with these annual uh, midlife crises kids that were coming out there trying to find themselves. And he was talking with uh, this young character and he advised the seeker that his problem was that there is only one thing in life that's important. You're here and you're going there and you're doing this and every year you're doing something else and you're trying to find yourself, trying to find that one thing. And he says, but there's only one thing that's important. And he said, um, well, what's that one thing? And Curly told him that that was something he'd have to discover for himself. but that he'd better find it or his life would become a waste. It'd be like a life of chasing rabbit trails with nary a rabbit to show for it at the end. Well, whereas Curly might have said that that one thing might differ for each person, I have something else to say. I would say that there's only one thing in life that matters. Everything else that is real and lasting flows out of it. And this world needs to learn it before it's too late. And that one thing is a person's relationship with God through Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, we use those terms, Jesus, Lord, and Savior. I give myself to thee as thou in thy atonement did give thyself to me. Lord and Savior, Jesus did what he did to save us, 
and bring us to God. But there's that other part. That's the part we have the trouble with. He's our Lord. He's our master. And we need to listen to him. It's not enough simply to be saved as a human being. That's good. But after that, there's so much more that there is to do and to be. And that's a child of God and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now you see, when you look at that, that's not a rabbit trail. It's the real thing. And what can be said for people, I think, also applies to churches. I've always tried to speak not only to individuals, but also to the church as a whole. Sometimes churches can get lost going down all kinds of rabbit trails. You might ask, well, how do we recognize that they're rabbit trails? The best answer I can give is this, to remind everyone to stop, look back, find the master, and follow his guidance. Because so many rabbit trails are really more about us and what we want rather than they are about Jesus and the mission he's given us. I think that's pretty simple to look at. Is this about us? Is this about what we want? Is this about what we think is important? Or is it what Jesus wants us to do? You find him, you follow him. And you find your mission. Uh, there is, there's not one thing that I've said this morning that all of us and every single church congregation hasn't experienced. It's just the way life is. It's the way we humans are. It's the problem of sin and self-centeredness, either as an individual or as groups. We too often forget who it is that we're called to be and what we're called to be doing. It's not all that you know, difficult. We're God's children saved by his grace and Jesus' disciples called to share that grace with others. That's who we are and what we're called to do. Pretty simple. All that we're called to be and do is summed up in that sentence. Everything else we do is about us if we're not doing those things. So if you ever want to know if it's, if it's Christ's will, just ask that question. You know, is this about doing and being who God and Christ calls us to be and do? Or is this about what I think is the thing we ought to be doing? We need to stay together on the main trail. We need to follow Christ. As it's been said, keep the main thing the main thing. Sounds so simple, 
when we enter in with all of our differences and all of our wants and all of our desires and all of our self-centeredness and selfishness and we let all those things get mixed in as individuals and groups, we can take away and destroy what the church is all about. The Methodist church today would not be in the mess it's in if we had asked those questions all the time every year for the past 50 years. And I thoroughly believe that. It's too much about what we want and not enough about what Christ wants. St. Patrick said it so well. I, I would ask my wife if she'd cross-stitch this, but it's way too long. He said this, Christ be beside me, Christ be before me, Christ be behind me, King of my heart, Christ be within me, Christ be below me, Christ be above me, never to part, Christ on my right hand, Christ on my left, Christ all around me, shield in the strife, Christ in my sleeping, Christ in my sitting, Christ in my rising, light of my heart. Christ be in all hearts thinking about me. Christ be on all tongues telling of me. Christ be the vision in eyes that see me, in ears that hear me. Christ ever be. Oh, that we could get to that point. Because we'd never stray from the trail ever again. And now I'll give you the scripture. Paul said it very clearly. He says, for we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. That's who we are as the church. Let's see if we can become much more like that. Stay off the rabbit trails. Look for the master. Have him direct us. And the church will once again become the strong element that Christ wants it to be in this world and in our community. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do a lot of things that are right. When we look to you and with love in our hearts, we follow you. But Lord, sometimes we let our own selves get in the way. Our wants and druthers, our hopes, our prides, pride, our, our fears. We pray, O oh Lord, that we can abide with these words, Christ above all. That we can come much more to have the heart of St. Francis. St. Patrick, and so many others of the saints which gave their whole lives to you. And that we become a church, like Paul says, there to serve Christ. In him only do we serve. Guide us on the main, main place, Lord. 
keep us on track in our lives. Help us to pause every day and find where you're at and see what you're summoning us to do, what you're asking us to say, where you're asking us to go so that we can please you and serve you more faithfully. Hear now the prayers of your saints sitting here and outside in this world as we pray for each other, for your holy church, for our families, for our communities, for our nation and world. Give us, O oh God, your vision through Christ and keep us following that vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads. May God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless, preserve, and keep you. May God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.